Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Things aren't so bad, right? We're doing okay. If I'm honest, I took a few days to become accustomed to this social distancing, uh, to this broadcasting from the guest bedroom here in my house. Uh, I don't live too far from uh, KSL Broadcast House, but the request was made of me to uh, gather up some of the equipment uh, we have to broadcast. An engineer followed me home, and we set up here in my guest bedroom a little makeshift studio. And for uh, most of the past two weeks, this is where I have uh, sat, as I have uh, been given the great opportunity to chat with you for a few hours each day. And if I'm honest, uh, I don't know how long I'll be here. Just as you don't know how long you will be asked by uh, the various health officials around uh, the state and the country to continue observing this social distancing, uh, making the great sacrifice that you're making to uh, cut back on some of the activities of your life. Some cases, uh, there are folks who are missing out on milestones. I talked in pretty uh, stern terms to the folks, the family members who gathered together at the airport a few days ago to welcome home uh, that big group of missionaries returning from the mission field. And uh, I, I feel bad uh, that I, you know, that, that they, those individuals who gathered together and kind of ignored all the social distancing guidelines, uh, I felt bad for those people. Not because I agree with their behavior, uh, but because they... Uh, if they had done the right thing, would miss out on, on such an important milestone. We hear uh, a lot, and I'm sure you've seen this in your social media. I'm sure everyone's got a cousin or an aunt or a friend or someone who has had to call off their wedding or postpone it or dramatically change the plans on how to uh, take care of that great and sacred day. Uh, but it's happening, and it's happening all around the country. And there are people who are missing out on things. There are uh, events in one's life that should be remembered forever, and they should take place exactly the way you grew up imagining them. But because we right now are facing something unprecedented, we need to take unprecedented action uh, to win the war. And part of that is making some sacrifices. And speaking of war, uh, Amy and I, yesterday, as we were planning for today's program, uh, got talking back and forth about uh, whether or not we as Americans uh, and specifically she and I, uh, are capable of making some of the sacrifices required uh, to combat the spread of this virus. And we wondered if there was anything about uh, our own human nature or history uh, that had shown uh, the American capacity to rally and, uh, and to exercise patience and diligence 
and sacrifice in order to overcome an adversary. And she uh, did a little bit of searching around, found a newspaper article from 1941. Uh, you history folks, you know there was uh, some stuff going on, going on on a global scale in 1941. In, in a newspaper called the Salt Lake Telegram, uh, there was a question asked. In fact, it was a question asked by a number of students here in Utah. They sent to the editor a number of questions uh, essentially asking, how can I protect America? And if you don't mind, I want to read some of this article so you can know uh, exactly the spirit uh, that was behind some of the sacrifices made uh, way back when to show you and to remind myself uh, that we can do this and we've done it before and we have been successful before and we will be successful now. So here uh, from 1941 in the Salt Lake Telegram, uh, an editorial column written uh, under the headline, How I Can Protect America. Let's see what can be done. Uh, we'll tackle it from the standpoint of these school students, anxious to do their part in protecting America as boys and girls, school students below the age uh, at which they might be called upon to defend America in the front lines of actual conflict or in the training camps of our new defense army or in the mines and mills and factories where the essential materials of war are produced. These youngsters want to help protect America right at home, in the schoolroom or in their own community. Now, as they are today, not as they will be in a few years, citizens, soldiers, mothers, and workers. So here uh, is what the editor has to say. Well, first and most important, I can be a good American. That's far broader than merely being a resident of America. It means that I must love my country and know why I love it, so that nothing can shake or weaken my love for it. Therefore, I must study America, its history, its system of government, its social structure, its whole way of life. If I know America well, I will believe thoroughly in it. I will believe that it is the best country and has the best system of government in the world. I will believe that it holds the most opportunity for its people, for its future is the brightest, and that it has the soundest fundamental conceptions of justice and decency on which to base a way of life. Knowing, loving, and believing in America. I must show that faith, love, and knowledge in my daily contacts with others, showing myself to be a good American and a true believer in democracy in my school, my home, and my community. Secondly, I must be willing, in the hour of my country's need, to make personal sacrifices for my country. Someday, that sacrifice may be my very life. Right now, it may be nothing more than joining wholeheartedly in the sacrifice which my family may be called upon to make in the interest of national defense. Such sacrifice as the payment of heavier taxes, or giving up certain luxuries or advantages in order that the nation may apply more of its productive effort to armament. Or it may be, if it should become necessary for national defense, I can sacrifice some playtime doing work at home so my father can work longer and harder in the mine or factory. Or perhaps even I can do my share by doing summer work to help meet, meet a shortage of labor. And third, I must be tolerant and understanding, helping to protect America against those currents of injustice and intolerance and persecution which are the enemies of democracy. I must not only love my country and be willing to sacrifice materially for it, but I must help in my own life to give America the spiritual strength to withstand the pressure of undemocratic
concepts which have overswept so much of the world. Time is tight. I'll read you the fourth point, then we'll take a break. Fourth, I must be a progressive American. Just because I love and believe in my country does not mean I think it's perfect. It is the best yet, and I'm going to try to make it constantly better so it will always be the best yet. I don't want any other country or system of government to get ahead of America because I and my fellow Americans have been smug and self-satisfied. I want to be an adventurous, progressive, two-fisted American like the patriots and pioneers who founded this country and made it great. So that's that. How about that language there at the end? I want to be an adventurous, two-fisted American like the patriots and pioneers who founded this country and made it great. We need to, uh, we need to get that same attitude in our veins here today. You know, we don't have folks uh, bombing us at Pearl, Harbor t- at Pearl Harbor today, but what we do have is this invisible enemy that is trying to infiltrate, and the weapons that you and I have to combat this enemy are patience, adherence to good guidance, and following the orders and the guidelines set forth by the experts. So you do that, and we stop this spread, and we have joined ourselves to those Americans back in the 1940s who gathered together to combat uh, a real visible enemy and won World War II. All right, that's enough rambling for me. That's enough of a look back at history. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back in the next segment to Live Mike, we're going to have a look at some of the bills signed by Governor Gary Herbert after this most recent legislative session up on Utah's Capitol Hill. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.